Good morning. It is Friday, May 5th. Congratulations. You made it. Give yourself a big old pat on the back. You finally made it to Friday. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. And boy, we're glad you're joining us today. We start off the show talking... Tucker. Apparently, he's pondering hosting his own Republican debate. Well, isn't it interesting? Because we had just mentioned this yesterday, because the big thing is, well, what is Tucker Carlson going to do? Mm-hmm. And where's he going to go? And, you know, people, it's like Newsmax seems like, a you know, an obvious landing spot. And I had told you, I think the brand of Tucker Carlson is strong enough that if he desired to put, uh, to steal a phrase from Kamala Harris, the work into the process that he could start some sort of his his own entity for lack of a better term and it appears that maybe at least in the short term that's where he's leaning now what's interesting is and i don't know this for sure but the article originally this article originally ran in the washington post and you know this and i know this that uh it is structured oftentimes in media, especially for high-level personalities, where you, if you're fired, especially unless you're, you know, convicted of a felony of some sort or something of that nature, you will be paid your contract. However, <clears throat> it prohibits you from doing other things. Right. However, without knowing the exact way his contract is structured. Fox News may have no interest in continuing to pay this guy an exorbitant amount of money to not work if they don't believe that he will harm them substantially. So those are things that obviously would have to be worked out without knowing the specifics of how his contract is structured. But we may have, again, been well ahead of the curve on this show, Casey. Yeah, so it really depends on his non-compete agreement is there in something in there that says that he can't go to another network, he can't work in any sort of broadcast media? Does that include social media? Yeah. Does it not? Unless we know the specifics of his contract, the world may never know. He has been approached by a couple other networks. One includes the faith-based Trinity Broadcasting Network. Yeah. Another one includes One America News Network. And even Newsmax have approached Tucker to come work for him now the thing with all of those tucker is bigger than all of those networks so he would definitely be in the driver's seat in those situations where he could demand or ask for whatever he wanted right he could stipulate all of the details about the contract but does he want to do that if he's bigger than the network why doesn't he go out on his own? And it appears that that is something that he is considering. Yeah, let me make a couple things clear. Number one, there because it comes for all of us in this business, there will come a day where they will tell me my services are no longer uh, needed here. And when they do, I intend to sit my uh, backside at home for as long as my contract calls for me to be paid out when that day happens. So uh, if you're listening up there, uh, I don't even know what floor they're on here because we have obviously new owners, but uh, you'll be paying every penny. Don't count on me making any deals to to stop the payments early so I can go somewhere else. I'm going to be uh, watching Springer reruns and uh, old uh, Geraldo episodes and uh, Sally Jesse Raphael. Uh, the other thing though yes you're right and you see this in sports sometimes where a great player will take more money to play for a worse team like 
you're, uh, and again, I'm just totally making teams up here, but if you were on the New York Yankees and you were the best player and the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are one of the worst teams in the league, say, we'd like for you to be on our team. Well, there's a premium to be paid for your team not being as good as the team I am previously on. So for a Trinity Broadcasting, I mean, not to in any way undermine what they do, but ratings bear it out that they don't have near the viewership and Tucker Carlson would dramatically enhance their viewership. Mm-hmm. There's a premium to be paid for that. But how much is how much is money worth to you if you're someone like Tucker Carlson who has probably been very smart with his money? And there's also the possibility that Tucker could go back to Fox and say, hey, listen, I want out of the contract. You can pay me less money and we'll just completely part ways. Does he want to do that? Because the longer that he stays out of the, you know, you know, you have to do it consistently every day. That's where your audience is. And the longer he's away from media, his audience will find new ways to fill their time. Yeah, and see, this is where... Seven, his contract goes until the end of this year. Well, and this is where it just depends on how motivated you are as a person. Because if his contract runs to the end of this year, you're still a player in 2024, effective January 21 of 2024. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have that all lined up, whatever. It, it is, it does come down to, look, for me, Casey, I've been quite adamant. My dream in life is to buy that building across from the State House and Government Center where the subway is downtown and drape a giant uh, sheet bed that says Holcomb and Todd Young suck out the window. That is my whole goal in life. When I acquire enough money to do that and can facilitate that transaction, I'll be good. Tucker may, however, have higher aspirations in life from a money and public policy influence standpoint. Yeah, seven months still, because we still have a long ways until the end of the year. Seven months in the media world is a long time, and the longer he's away from it, the more people will forget about him. But if he were to decide to go to some other broadcast company, well, he's going to, right now, bring that audience with him. Will he host this debate? Wouldn't that be the most interesting debate of all? If his contract runs to the end of the year, and again, who knows what the language actually says. I almost find it hard to believe Fox News would let him out of the contract. I mean, yeah. if you can pay 700 and some odd million dollars in a settlement, why would you care about whatever? Let's say it's $5 million he's owed. I mean, I'm, j- I'm totally just making up numbers here. But if you could block the guy from harming you for an entire year, wouldn't, wouldn't you? What is $5 million to Fox? You're going to pay it. Well, and aren't they in a an interesting situation right now? Because they've let him go. They're still currently paying him not to be there, yet their ratings are still going down. Right. Will it hurt Fox even more if he goes to another company and starts broadcasting? Their ratings are going to continue to go down. You know who else is having big problems, Casey? Bud Light? Yes, huge. Yeah. Okay, so a couple things going on with Bud Light right now. They're giving a free case of beer to every wholesale employee as it (laughs) begs for forgiveness. And their CEO has disavowed the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light partnership. He's saying, it's not a campaign. Don't you love? It was just a one-off. Don't you love that their response, 
hey, sorry, we totally blew it and put a man who dresses up and acts like a little girl as our spokesperson. Uh, we're sorry, Mr. Distributor Man, uh, beer truck driver man. We're sorry, uh, you may uh, have to be let go eventually because we totally screwed up because we'd rather be woke than take care of, of you and our company. Here's a free case of beer. Well, the CEO sent a firm letter oh, to all yes. of the retailers and he blamed an outside ad agency oh. saying that it was approved without management awareness. Uh-huh. So again, not taking accountability. Whether it was an outside ad agency or it was not a campaign or it's just a one-off, whatever, you got to own it because your Bud Light name was on wait, it. Wait, 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 time out. I, I want to repeat this back and make sure I understood this. So the head of- The CEO the of Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, CEO of Anheuser-Busch claims that an outside agency, mm-hmm. just on a whim, mm-hmm. took a transsexual who not only is he transsexual, he is a grown-ass man who dresses up and behaves like a little girl. Uh, like a 13-year-old girl. Well, and I'm not going to use any words that describe with P mm-hmm. that come to mind when you see this Dylan Mulvaney dude, but that guy just magically started appearing in commercials and ads and as a face for this company. And the CEO is trying to say, well, it was an outside ad agency that brought the grown-ass man who behaves like a little girl as our spokesperson, and we had no idea. Yep. You know, that's almost as ridiculous, Casey, as the six-figured salary superintendent in Brownsburg, in which, allegedly, a special needs child was forced by multiple school employees to eat his own vomit who rules that school corporation with an iron fist claiming, well, I had no idea about this for two months. You notice how nobody ever takes responsibility. Everybody wants the money. Everybody wants the power. Everybody wants the title. But then when it comes time to accept responsibility for your giant colossal screw up, whether it's allowing a transsexual who behaves like a little girl to endorse your product that's targeted towards men or allowing allegedly staff members to force a special needs child to eat their own vomit. You notice the big tough guys never want to take responsibility, but when it comes to paychecks and titles, they're all about it. They're okay with that. Bud Light is also apparently offering their delivery drivers and warehouse workers a $500 bonus. Oh, again, sorry, you're about to lose your job, except our case of beer and 500 bucks. Kev. If Casey and I totally blew the show, you may have heard, Kev, we're doing very well in the ratings. About as well as you could do imagine. You could imagine. Sure. But imagine, Kev, if Casey and I did something highly horrific and they said, this show is cratered and you are all out of here and it is something you Need, a mistake you needlessly made, and Kev, you are out with the Kendall and Casey show uh, through no fault of your own. Here is a case of beer and five hundred dollars. We wish you good luck in life. How would you feel about that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, a case of beer can go a long way, but I, I don't think it would fully compensate. Yeah, I knew the case of beer with you, Kev. Might <laughs> now. I I never really liked Bud Light anyway. Uh huh. So it would have to be something else. Well, he's got a higher brow taste than an- Bud Light. Anecdotally, mm-hmm. again, this is pure anecdotal evidence. Um, again, you may have know you may know Casey. I took a second job because while well, with the Republicans, keeping taxes very low and Biden keeping items very inexpensive to buy. I just felt for my personal health, it would <laughs> yeah. be a good thing for me to have to go work a second job. Yeah. Um, we, uh, on the large plot of land in which recreational activity is performed uh, involving uh, 
flags and clubs and little white balls. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I have not sold a single Bud Light, Yeah. a single one, since... No, I'm sorry. I have sold two Bud Lights since this whole thing started. Yeah. Well, that's not gonna that's not gonna do much for the Anheuser Busch company. And people, when they come in, yeah, they joke about, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, my buddy here will have a Bud Light. Right now, it's a joke. Well, of course, their sales have crashed twenty six percent, and the people at Anheuser Busch and Bud Light, they just don't seem to get it that people don't want politics or sexual lifestyle or anything that they don't approve of thrown in their faces, especially when buying beer. That's yeah. supposed to be a good time beverage and all of a sudden it's not a good time because they're, they're not getting out i know we gotta get to break but they're not getting out of promoting this lgbtq transgender agenda stuff i mean they're not wavering from that they're sorry they got caught they're sorry the dylan mulvaney thing didn't work out they're not sorry for why they did it they're not sorry for why it's not working out they're not changing they were adamant we're not getting off this lgbtq agenda stuff and it's like do people just want to drink beer they don't want your sexual preference thrown in their face. They don't want your politics thrown in their face. They don't want a man who dresses up like a little girl thrown in their face. They just want to drink beer. And there's lots of other beers they can drink. Okay, they had that Clydesdale commercial that they released I don't know, a couple weeks ago, which was kind of like all Americana. And we're sorry, but without actually saying they're sorry. Apparently, they do have plans for a very large summer campaign with millions of Won't dollars matter. behind it. Doesn't matter. We'll see what the content is in that marketing plan. 19 minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 22 minutes after nine, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Some things that are trending this morning. Jenny Craig, the weight loss company, is shutting down after 40 years. They have 500 locations in the U.S. and Canada, and they employ more than 3,000 people. Also trending this morning, Weird Al. I know you're a big fan. Oh, yes. He wants to build an amphitheater in northern Indiana in Elkhart. Oh, Yes. Uh, Apparently, he was in Elkhart recently, fell in love with the city, and now he wants to build this amphitheater, which is expected to be the third largest in Indiana. It's slated for completion by May of 2025. I love that. Anything weird, Al, I'm all about it. And lastly, Elon Musk. Here he is saying some interesting things. He's talking about sex. (laughs) His point of view is that a lot of time and a lot of thinking goes into it even when we're not trying to procreate. And that is just silly to him. A a massive amount of thinking, like truly stupendous amount of thinking has gone into sex without purpose, without without procreation, which which is actually quite a silly action in the absence of procreation. Why are you doing it? Because it makes the limbic system happy, that's why. That's why. But it's pretty absurd, really. <laughs> but I mean, this is a lot of computation has gone into how can I do more of that <laughs> with procreation not even being a factor? <laughs> okay, Casey. <laughs> it's Friday. Let it fly. Now, that, was that AI Elon or the real Elon? No, that was real Elon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, look. <laughs> at, a lot of computation goes into it. At 39 years old, <laughs> I'm a much different person, say, than I was at 25 or even 30. 
And so 39-year-old me <clears throat> would maybe answer this question differently than 25-year-old me. But if I were to say that I considered the things that I did and thought about in my mid-20s wasted time, <laughs> the 25-year-old version of me would strangulate the 39-year-old version of me <laughs> because as the uh, famed great Midwestern singer Michael Stanley once said, all you get to keep, Casey, are the memories. You got to make the good ones last. <laughs> and I would guess that Kevin would have a different angle than an older Rob Kendall would, just based on age alone. I mean, when it comes to time spent <laughs> thinking about having sex. Yes. That's just the way it is. And, right? I, I, and, and I'm, here's why I'm being cautious with this, because I had just said in the last segment how what if. I did something that needlessly caused the both of us to get run out of here, and then poor Kevin was offered a case of Bud Light and $500 as a severance package, and so I don't want to do that. I'm just going to say I'm not sure many people would agree with the assessment of the gajillionaire Mr. Musk. Elon Musk, correct. 26 minutes after 9, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer threatening to subpoena the U.S. Attorney General. And uh, this all comes down to the allegations of influence peddling for sale involving the Biden administration. Yeah, this is great. So like if Casey, were you, if you were to ask me, Rob, let's role play real quick. Are you ready? Yeah. Rob, have you at any time influence peddled, uh, uh, taken money in order to influence public policy? Rob, have you ever taken money to influence public policy? No, Casey, I absolutely have not done that. See how easy that was? Right. Straight. Uh, here is uh, John Kirby, spokesman for the White House. He was asked the exact same question. He did not give that answer. John, I, I've got a question about the uh, House Oversight Committee subpoena that was issued yesterday. Um, it's seeking an FBI document from 2020 that, uh, quote, describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decision, decisions. Uh, what, what's the White House's response to this serious corruption allegation? I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department on that. I, I have nothing for you on that today. No, do you know what, this is, what country this pertains to or what policy decision? I have nothing for you, sir. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department, and I'm getting the hook. <laughs> See ya. See ya. I, I'm out of here. I ain't got nothing for you. It's interesting that he asked what the policy was because that was my question as well. But he went even one further. And what country was that foreign national from? Apparently, the FBI is taking this whistleblower very seriously, yeah. as reported this morning on the Tony Katz show. But the issue becomes, will they classify the information before this can get out? Exactly. And then all of a sudden, well, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it always seems to work out in Biden's favor. So mm -hmm. we'll see how this one goes. So Ron DeSantis has a new big fan with a big wallet. And we're going to get into that next from 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Stop trying to talk about sex with me, Casey. We've had enough sex talk here the whole break. <laughs> Elon Musk, sex this, sex that. If you missed our last break, Elon Musk, we had an audio clip of Elon Musk talking about uh, people spending a lot of time. Spending, he sounded like such a robot. The computation of time people spend thinking about sex is quite silly, even when they're not trying to procreate. It's just, Yeah, you know. the Casey's over here trying to have an episode of Red Shoe Diaries. And it's like, woman, get to work. You're creating a hot 
hostile work environment. Whoa. Casey's like, when I was 24. No, stop right there. We don't need to know anything else. Just stop. You know what? People listening to you right now are going to believe you that that actually happened. So don't say that. It's not even true. Let's talk about what's going on with Peter Thiel. Okay, this is a tech billionaire. He's been typically a uh, big Republican mega donor. He recently came out and said he wasn't going to support any candidates at all in the 24 election. I believe he did back Trump yeah. in 2020. Yeah, well, P- Peter Thiel has been a long time. He's in the Trump orbit. He was big in the Blake Masters failed Senate campaign in Arizona last year. And was, as you said, yes, a, a big, uh, he's the PayPal guy. He's, the, I think, the guy that invented or was on the ground floor of PayPal and made a gajillion dollars selling PayPal. Well, he said this time, although previously he said he wasn't going to support any candidate, he has now said that he will support Ron DeSantis. But he gave a warning to Ron DeSantis. You want you want his money? Play my way. And he's saying that Ron DeSantis should not focus on the woke issue so much. Yeah, so the reason I wanted to do this topic was I thought that that was an interesting statement to Ron DeSantis because I think what Peter Thiel is saying is I have money, I will back someone because I care about the country, but I'm not interested in putting any more of my fortune behind losers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the interpretation of it. And so I thought that as a catalyst, that would be interesting to talk about how you run a winning campaign. Because next year in this state, I think there's going to be a large amount of Republican incumbents at the House and Senate level who receive challenges of people who are sick of their wallets being used like an amusement park um, (laughs) by the Indiana Republican Party. And one of the things that these people, because they are largely going to be inexperienced people running for public office, that's what it is. You know, it's angry guy who says, I'm going to do something about it and runs and has no idea what he's doing. So a little free advice Mm -hmm. for all of those people. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of talk about how you run a successful campaign. And one of the ways you run a successful campaign, primaries are a little different, but by and large, you you focus on and you coalesce around a couple of issues mm-hmm. that the vast majority of people can find some acknowledgement that that is an interest in their existence. So what I mean by that is... What Peter Thiel is saying is Ron DeSantis' fight with Disney World or the, uh, the they call it Don't Say Gay. It's a terrible name to parental name the bill. Rights and the education. Parental Rights and Education Bill is the actual name of the bill. Those are issues that, while important, do not necessarily resonate with the majority of people because they don't get it and they're... Uh, attention span does not allow them to dive into it. Is it important to address those issues if elected? Yes. Mm-hmm. But as Chris Spangle, who from the or is from We Are Libertarians, told us the other day, one of the reasons Mitch Daniels was largely successful as a governor was he addressed issues that the majority of people said, I understand this. Thanks for simplifying it. Thanks for telling me how it impacts me. Okay, let's go. Yeah. And so when you run for public office, whether it's from town council, mayor, state house, U.S. House, state, U.S. Senate, even the presidency in the case of Ron DeSantis, 
you've got to pick three or four core issues and you've got to live or die with those issues and you've got to not get off those issues. Right. You have to stay on message. So he's saying that DeSantis has been focusing on identity politics and woke Florida is where woke goes to die. And we all know that about Ron DeSantis. But he said he's got to get on to economics. Right. Because that is something that affects every person, whether you agree or disagree with the woke economics and how it affects your wallet is something that everybody experiences. And the real the reality is, look, if you're hearing our voice right now, you're there's a good chance you are uber into uh, politics, you're into government, you have a passion for it. You get why the radical left agenda in, say, like a public education is harmful. You get, when we say woke, what we're talking about. The average person, though, does not, and they do not engage enough to understand it. What they do understand, though, Mm -hmm. is that their property taxes have gone up 30%. What they do understand is that their property taxes have gone up 40%. They do now understand, maybe like they didn't before, that that assessment that just showed up in the mail or is showing up in the mail is going to harm them next year. You have an attentive audience here in the state of Indiana on that issue. It's why I've told people, if you're going to run next year, Property taxes, property taxes, property taxes, especially in a Republican primary, don't get off it. It will it will be a like a rocket fuel in terms of challenging incumbents who will be overfunded. Gas tax, another great example. Hey, you sick of the price of gas? You know, be 65 cents or what, you know, changes every month. But 60 to 65 cents of what you pay at the pump is because of the Indiana Republicans. You know, those are things that everybody can get their head around. And when they go vote, they say, that's the guy that's going to make my gas cheaper. That's the guy that's going to make my, my mortgage payment cheaper or my property taxes cheaper. You can govern on the other things. But when you run up a campaign, whether you're Ron DeSantis or, or town council, You've got to focus on a set of core things that everybody can participate in. Mm -hmm. So there's the three C's, clear, concise, consistent. And you have to do that over and over and over again. And it's to the point where you're sick of saying it. And when people are finally getting sick of hearing it, that's when it starts to sink in. There's a reason why music radio stations, like a Top 40, for example, will play the same songs over and over and over again. And by the time the listener is saying, I'm sick of that song, oh, well, that's when they're just finally getting it, right? right? They say it takes three to seven times for one year to hear one message before it even resonates with you. So that's why clear, concise, consistent, over and over and over again. And the other pillar of marketing is expectation, realization, memory. Tell me what you're going to do. Do it. Remind me of what you did. Speaking of Ron DeSantis, he did get uh, this, and this really surprised me. He has a massive fundraising advantage on Donald Trump. Yes. $226 million is what he raised from his friends of Ron DeSantis. I mean, this is incredible. And he has more money in total than Donald Trump. The problem here, though, is that some of DeSantis's funds are in a Florida pack, which could present a problem in a presidential campaign. Can he use that money nationally? Yeah, so Ron DeSantis, as you said, has raised, and this is a staggering amount of money for a governor, mm-hmm. $226 million since January of 2018. So what is that? Five years. That is basically 40, what would that be? 45, $46 million 
a year this guy has pulled in um and he's got an exorbitant amount of cash on hand about 86 million dollars mm-hmm. compared to uh trump who 32 million yeah i mean it's, it really is amazing when they talk about well trump is the inevitable nominee and you might as well just get on bended knee and kiss his ring finger Money is not everything. As we saw with Jeb Bush in 2016, he had all the money. But money, just like in Vegas, like does Vegas always get the sports betting odds right? No. But when you see money moving in Vegas, people are moving money in Vegas to make money. They're not running a soup kitchen over there. (laughs) There's a reason the money is moving there. That's what they think is going to happen. And the fact that DeSantis is so far ahead of Trump in terms of fundraising during which time Trump actually had the power of the presidency at his disposal, that that is a very good sign for Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and especially now that this Peter Thiel has come out and said that he's going to back Ron DeSantis and giving him pointers on how to change his message to get more money from him, well, that total's just going to go up for him. Uh, Casey. Yes. When we come back. What? Some great news for you. Yeah? I know you were very concerned. I also know Kev was very concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorite artist, Ed Sheeran. Yes, I'm I'm actually very happy about the outcome he, I know of you were, I know as we had said the other day, we were all deeply, mm-hmm. uh, deeply concerned. So concerned. Ed Sheeran had said if he lost this uh lawsuit that he was going to be out of music yeah. and boy I'll just tell you with all the meaningful music he's made over the years and well I mean you look at him and you say that's a dude I want to look like and a dude I want to be like I mean if you look up alpha male in the dictionary <laughs> there's a giant photo of uh, Ed Sheeran you think so? uh, he he uh, did prevail in court yesterday so that is some good news for you and for Kev and all the alpha males out there yeah it's on the way from 93 WIBC good morning with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Ed Sheeran broke down in tears as the New York court said he did not copy Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Okay, so Ed Sheeran, this is the same guy, right, that years ago had to stroke a huge-ass check. I'm sorry, I said I wouldn't go say that word anymore, even though I can say that word. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to use better appropriate language on the airwaves. A huge old check... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to that's for our listener Jude who told I me know. I really got it. Even though I can say things, yeah. should I say things? A huge old check, yeah, to Tom Petty and I think Jeff Lynn, right? Because he had used something in his song "Shape of You." Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is some guy who you know is some innocent victim in terms of the world of getting really close to other people's stuff and recreating it as his own. He was accused of, what was it? What do they call it? Do they call it sampling? Is that what it's called? I mean, Copyright infringement. Okay. Of Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On in the song Thinking Out Loud. Yes. Now, I, I go ahead. Yes. It, well, he won. They said he did not. The jury said, no, you didn't, you didn't steal Marvin Gaye's song. Your your thinking out loud is your own, and and you won. Congratulations. Well, let's start Go by forth. let's start by saying OJ got off too, so that doesn't mean anything. It just means he convinced a group of people that he didn't. I'm going to say if it's the second time, like if you've been in that world before, where you've financially given someone had to give someone money because you've been, that, which is basically an admission. Yeah, that that something near that happened. 
and then you do it again. One time, okay. Two times, it's like, raising, wow, this is really becoming a thing here. Raising questions, which is why he said that if he didn't win, he was going to be done with music forever. And you know my response to that, Casey, and I'll give it to you again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I mean, it's terrible. Oh. Oh, no. I, I like Ed Sheeran's music. I actually would like to see him in concert. I hope that one day he'll come here to Indianapolis so that I, I can enjoy him. Uh, but he said that he is nobody's piggy bank, so I guess he'll continue to make music. Like artists everywhere, Amy and I work hard to independently create songs which are often based around real-life personal experience. It's devastating to be accused of stealing someone else's song when we've put so much work into our livelihoods. I'm just a guy with a guitar who loves writing music for people to enjoy. I am not and will never allow myself to be a piggy bank for anyone to shake. Okay. Appar- <laughs> okay. And I get that I like people who came from a different time when kind of music was done in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. And for me, in the era of music in which I enjoy, a big part of it was a buy-in to the artist himself. Like you looked at the dude and you said, I can see myself being that dude or I want to be that dude. Like part of my favorite artist persona was it's this uber jacked up guy who's going to go out there and play like a maniac for four hours. And by the time he's done, needs a shower after the first song. So it's a buy into the persona of one dude to another dude. Yeah. I can see myself being that guy on stage and much of kind of what I do here while it's not music is sort of the same thing. You leave it all at the office every day. You try to inspire as many people as you can and then you check out and you get up and do it again tomorrow. Kev, what red-blooded American male looks at Ed Sheeran and goes, I want to be that guy. Just well, look at he, him. He's your, He's a pretty average Joe, I would say. And yeah, that, I, think, just... I think a lot of people see that and they're like, well, yeah, that could be me. Right. You know, Rob's got his hoodie on right now. He kind of looks like Ed Sheeran. But if if he all... can make it in the music industry, maybe I can too. Yeah, well, it's also worth mentioning that most of his fan base is young women. Is it right? women? Is that or, who goes to, or teenage girls, probably. Mm-hmm. Is that who goes to, but look at him. It's not like it's Justin Timberlake. What, he doesn't have to be a supermodel, good looking fella to write a good song. If you can relate to the lyrics and the melody, then that's all you need. But aren't all his songs kind of the same? Isn't he like a Taylor Swift where at some point you just go, dude, grow up? <laughs> I mean, aren't his all of his songs, like there's no evolution as an artist? Aren't kind of all his songs the same? About love loss? Yeah, like, yeah, dude, at some point maybe the problem is you. Guy gets girl, guy loses girl, right. guy gets girl back. Like well, you've just, that's music. every movie too. Right, there, but how old is Ed Sheeran? I mean, it's one thing when you're in your early 20s doing this. Let's see, what are we, I'm going to say he's 35. What do you say? Price is right rules you go over you lose. I'm going to say 38. Okay, 35 uh, 33. 33 35 38. Ed Sheeran is Oh, we're all we're all wrong. He's 32. Oh. Oh, I was close. Yeah, but you still you still went over so you uh, lost. Yeah, so you yeah. no one wins the, the Nobody showcase. gets to the showcase showdown. Okay. So so he started in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. He was like 21, 22, 20, 21 years old. Okay. Fine. But at 32 
You're saying move on. I mean something else. Mm-hmm. There must be something meaningful that has happened in your life other than just con- continuing to lose women. But we had just talked about <laughs> developing a brand and he has developed a brand. He does the same thing. He does it over and over again. And that is why he's successful. But I, and I understand, Casey, but there has to be a point as a consumer of the music. It's like, why well, do not get the Taylor Swift thing? It is just the same crap since like 2009. But it sells and people like it. So why would you walk away from that? Yeah, it's the recipe for success. Yes, exactly. I don't know, like... Are you talking artistic integrity? (laughs) Like self-reflection, personal integrity? Well, in regards to this court case, he has said that there are melodies and four chords, and these are the building blocks, and that's what people have used to create music long before the Marvin Gaye song. It's what they'll use long after Ed Sheeran is long gone and removed from the music world. And he went on to say it's like a painter trying to say that they own the color blue. I would think it's got to be pretty blatant to get to win a case like this because like you said there there are there are only so many chords you can play. Right. And that was his point. Now, I saw John Fogarty. He was the CCR guy. Mm-hmm. Uh he was a big Ed Sheeran supporter, which is interesting because people are some of our older members of the audience may remember John Fogarty got sued after he left CCR for like sounding too much like himself. He did an album called Center Field, like was kind of his big comeback album in the mid 80s. And it had a bunch of big hits, Rock and Roll Girls, Center Field. Um, and he had to go into court and actually play, he was playing songs for this judge from the witness stand. It was like the, one of the most amazing things ever. He's like on the stand playing guitar and the judge was finally like, but, dude, that's just the way you sound. Like, yeah, CCR is going to sound like your solo stuff. That's freaking the way you sound. That's yes. how you sing. That's how you play guitar. Yeah, that's it exactly. Well, Ed Sheeran had to play as well to prove that it was his song. Same thing. I mean, he's going to sound how he's If you're a sound, person right? who consumes this guy's music, I mean, it's like if Carrot Top were a musician. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I You're mean, being awfully hard on Ed Sheeran. Well, I look, I hear, you know, my thing is, if you do something once, okay. Mm-hmm. And we can all part and If friends. you do it successfully, what? That's the only no, no, time no, no, you get to no, do no, it? No, no, no. I'm talking about, I mean, he gave money to Tom Petty, and I think Jeff Lynn was the other guy, because he clearly was saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to lose more if we go to, go to court. Now we're back here again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, is it because he's actually borrowing the music or is it because there's somebody who's wanting to get into his pocket well and but the, and there, there's a line though I, very early on in my radio career someone who I really admired told me plagiarism is the greatest form of flattery and in the, in that sense like we all borrow something in our broadcasting careers from someone who inspired us when we were younger and I, and I'm no different than that but on that but there's a fine line between hey I want to emulate something that I've heard that really mattered to me and I'm just patently just lifting someone else's stuff. Well, the jury said that he was not. Yeah, the jury said OJ yeah. didn't do it either. I think people are just trying to get in his pockets. <laughs> you like this guy, don't you? I, I don't really listen to his music, but I've seen some of his live performances and it seems like, you know, he got he has like a loop pedal and 
You know, he could really carry a show, I think. You're so snowed. You're totally in this guy's camp. Some people <laughs> like Ed Sheeran. Some people like Taylor Swift. And you know what, Rob Kendall? That's okay. It's Kendall and Casey. They're ruining it for the rest of us, Casey. <laughs> it's 93. WIBC, good morning.